live from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, it's SE Gurus, Rainmaker. What is a rainmaker? Webster's defines a rainmaker as a person whose influence can initiate progress or ensure success. SC Guru's Rainmaker comes to you each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, bringing you some of the biggest rainmakers on the world wide web. Our guests will include major search engine executives, payment processors, advertising executives, and an array of sales and marketing pros. We invite you to join your host. Darren Pappen, also known as Essie Guru, and his beautiful co-host, Brandy. Essie Guru is the foremost authority on search engine optimization and has taught at conferences worldwide. Brandy is an expert in business development, public relations, and sales and marketing. Together, they bring you Rainmaker, a true crossover platform for mainstream and high-competition webmasters alike. Log into the chat, kick back, and Get ready to open yourself up to a new generation of Webmaster Radio. It's Essie Guru and Brandy, and you're listening to Rainmaker. Well, there you have it, folks. It is uh, it's Thursday again, which, of course, brings you back to our flagship program that started it all, Rainmaker. How are you, sweetheart? I'm, I'm, I'm really good, actually. I've been running like 5,000 miles an hour today. Yeah, but you know what? You've been doing some good running today. No, it's good. You know, like, like you, you actually had some good running. I, I did. I personally know because I, <laughs> I saw you run out the door and I really wanted to come with you on I one know. of these trips. But I know. And I left it as was so you could have it. Yeah. It's fabulous. Yeah. But yeah, no, I love it. It's good for running 5,000 miles an hour. With no exaggeration, it's good mm-hmm. for the mind, it's mm-hmm. good for the body, it's good for the soul. And we we had an amazing week uh, last week, you know, getting back from from uh, from ad tech and kind of catching our breath from um, having what, honey, two and a half weeks of straight of work and no days off. It's, this is very true. It's pretty pretty crazy. It's Our been bosses happy. are mean. Mean bosses. <laughs> very mean bosses. They That's make us right. work entirely too hard. That's right. But Ad Tech San Francisco was an awesome awesome experience it was amazing well i mean the nicest thing was very i like to say we had the biggest booth there which you know um i've always been about booth envy and now i didn't have it um and it was just it was phenomenal because they have truly i think out of any conference because they have such a wide approach um some of the most magnificent speakers some of the most magnificent minds who were speaking at the conference the exhibit hall was jammed but they did a great job with keeping the aisles open so you didn't feel claustrophobic like you do in some trade shows um and it was really an awesome experience and we had in susan moore our webmaster radio.fm t-shirt yeah that was pretty pretty amazing susan bratton she came and did like a two-hour radio special out of our webmaster radio.fm lounge and um she did awesome she did good she did good it was great it was great uh, and you know what? We, we, like, I'm really, really glad that this is all, the trade show thing's kind of taken a little bit of a hiatus <sighs> because it's going to give us the opportunity to take a couple of days uh, down for us. This is very true. And we are going to attempt a Gulfstream crossing. A Gulfstream <laughs> crossing in a 37-foot sailboat. Yes. How, how I, don't, I guess it doesn't matter if you're treading you guys, water how deep it actually for the, is. For those of you <laughs> who have listened to Rainmaker for any length of time, you probably remember the last 
um, lengthy sale that uh, that Brandy and I did. We went to the Keys, <laughs> and uh, we came back with other items broken from the trip. This is very true. A little banged, a little bruised. Yeah, Bra- Brandy uh, didn't have the best of, of times. The Gulf Stream wasn't. It that was the best of times. It was no, it was good. Once we actually got to shore, I was fine. Yeah, right. Once, <laughs> once we got off the boat, you know, like we, that. No, no. Being on the boat at dock was a beautiful thing. <laughs> being out in what the dishwasher of the Gulf Stream. Yeah. Right. We didn't yeah. cross, and we just got stuck in it, folks. Yeah. That was not fun. You know, I was actually saying to someone in the office today, "I'm cool. Put me on a go fast boat, and like let it bang around, going seventy miles an hour. I'm fine. Stick me in a boat that's going like you know seven to fourteen knots max, banging around." <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's like a kickstart to a diet. Yeah, well, it but is, this it is, is a is. whole new, it's a whole new experience. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's not happening in the winter. It's happening in the summer, so Which we can dive phenomenal. off into the water. Oh, and that's what matters to so me. So we'll end up in the Bahamas sometime uh, Sunday evening, I guess. And, I'm psyched. Uh, we'll drop an anchor, and yeah, well, it'd be, be nice. We'll Cook go, we'll off go the explore. back of the boat. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Mm. All right, <laughs> little John Marshall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> little John Marshall love. I Marshall know it's laws. contagious. I know. For those of you who don't know, click tracks. John Marshall. We 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 love to give him a little grief, a little story there, inside story. Uh, tonight we've we've got. Uh, you know, I'm I'm staring at another um, book that I know is going to have me sucked down into the cockpit, nailed to the deck. Mind you, because this looks like it's right up my alley. It is. It is. And we're going to get some interesting, uh, I think we're going to get some interesting insight this evening. So our guest this evening actually is Brent Bowers. And um, Brent Bowers is the author of If at First You Don't Succeed, The Eight Patterns of Highly Effective Entrepreneurs. And I'll tell you, this is a cool, kick-ass book. And it's all about, you know, being an entrepreneur, what people have gone through in, in, in their journey to become an entrepreneur. Um, well, I want you to read, uh, well, no, I once we come to back to, from the break, you know, what well, you no, read to me earlier, because that, yeah. that was that was pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. Let me just say a couple. Or wh- when was it? That was last no, night. No, that was actually. last night, yeah. actually. It was good. Car. It was good. But, but. You're like, I identify with that. Yeah, totally. I'm like, oh my God, this is us. He'll tell us it isn't, but it's okay. Um, so Brent actually was an editor on Business Day of the New York Times for 11 years. He oversaw the small business feature page that appears every Thursday. And before that, he was reporter and deputy editor for the small business page of the Wall Street Journal. So obviously. Obviously, he has a plethora of information. He's got insider information on the word, the world of entrepreneurship. So before we bring Brent on, okay, according to Brent's book, sort of what categorizes qualities, like consistent qualities of an entrepreneur are the following. So think about this for you. An overpowering impulse to be in charge, a high tolerance for risk, a talent for inspiring loyalty in others, an indifference to wealth except as a measure of success, an almost religious belief in his or her, her company's product, and a steadfast resilience and ability to bounce back when things go wrong. Yeah. So we're going to go to commercial break. When we come back, we're going to speak with Brent Bowers. And uh, you guys give that a little thought. Does that mean, does that apply to you? Sit tight and don't move. Rainmaker. We'll be back after this short break. Dude. 
Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that Value Click Media has netted Fast Click, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BenAsRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. you got to work with Value Click Media. i got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit Value Click Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details. Value Click Media. Did you know about one out of five visitors are immediately bouncing off your site? Now, monetize this bouncing traffic with StopBounce.com. Log on to StopBounce.com today and discover how easy it is to generate revenue from this previously untapped source. All while enhancing user experience. Earn money for each visitor leaving your site now with StopBounce.com. Turn lost opportunities into found profits. Attending DM Days? Well, here's some exciting news. When registering for DM Days, you'll know that the Direct Marketing Association has included an awesome opportunity to purchase DM Days content on CD-ROM at an incredibly low price. To make things even sweeter, all content will be available by day, by special concentration workshop, or get the entire package and save $100 off the bat. DM Days CD-ROMs include the audio recorded live synchronized to the PowerPoint of each session. DM Days CD-ROMs provide an excellent informational recap and are a great training tool and informational source for those who could not attend. So take the conference home with you today. To take advantage of this special offer, simply visit the-dma.org backslash conferences website and make your way to DM Days. It's simple. It's easy. See you there. to Rainmaker, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host. Hey everyone, welcome back to this edition of Rainmaker. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin, and I am joined with my awesome co-host. Yeah, this guy. <laughs> this guy. This guy over here behind the And I usually come back like that. Darren Babin, the man right. driving. And uh, our very special featured guest this evening, Brent Bowers of If at First You Don't Succeed, The Eight Patterns of Highly Effective Entrepreneurs. Welcome. Well, thank you very much. How, hey, so listen, Boston boy. Boston boy. I, I guess I'm a Boston boy these days. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on the Cape uh, having a great time. You down the Cape? Cape Cod. Where are you down the Cape? Brewster. Oh, Brewster. Oh, wait a second. Where did I like to go in Brewster? I'm from Boston originally. Oh, are you? Mm-hmm. Time. Well, you probably like to go to the beach. Yeah, not that much. I, when, I, when I used to go down the Cape, I actually used to like to go down there to meet guys and drink. Well, I still do that. <laughs> it's girls, not guys. <laughs> I'm a, an old married man, so <laughs> I, I better be careful what I yeah, do. There you, go. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Brent Bowers outed on, on the radio. You know, I, I was listening <laughs> to you guys, and I'm trying to figure out if you two are entrepreneurs. Ah. Now, you sound like entrepreneurs because you seem to be having a lot of fun, and entrepreneurs have a lot of fun. Yeah. 
Mm. But on the other hand, I heard you complaining about your boss. My boss is a bitch. Yeah, she really is. <laughs> her boss her boss is the world's biggest bitch. And you know what? Like, I get to sit back and make fun of her, too. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, y- you know, you kind of you kind of sit back and hope for the best. Because, you know, if mom is happy, everybody's happy. So, but let me ask you a question, Brent. This is interesting. So, it, do you have a way of maybe making a diagnosis to see if we're entrepreneurs or not? Yes. Okay. Diagnose away. Well, the, the book is, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. is called If at First You Don't Succeed, and that refers to entrepreneurs' amazing ability to bounce back from failure. In fact, they don't even consider themselves as failures ever. If they fail, mm-hmm. it's not a failure. It's a setback. It's, it's a stepping stone. It's not stone. even a setback. It's feedback. Yeah. yeah, or a stepping stone. And a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's a very American quality. I, I've talked to a lot of uh, entrepreneurs over the years and to the so-called experts, and in a lot of countries, if you fail, it's, it's a disgrace, it's a dishonor. And uh, Among entrepreneurs, it's almost a badge of honor. You know what? You made a really good... I've, first of all, I think what's really neat, because um, I have had the opportunity um, to, to read your book, is the stories in there like nobody I don't care who you are and it was just neat to actually see this in print nobody has g- walked through life unscathed right like you didn't just wake up a star you, you know what I mean everyone's right. a diamond but sometimes we're diamonds in the rough and sometimes timing isn't right it seems so easy you know all I want to do is walk from one side of the room to the other but somehow there's a chair in the way. Well, there's honey, I was polished from the womb, so it doesn't matter. Yes, you, know? you were, baby yes. doll. We will love that. <laughs> <laughs> but but it is true. And we do, you know, I have these brandyisms. Oh, God. Oh, God, here we go. Here we go. Oh, and one of them is um, you can fix everything in life but death. And we yeah, don't even well, know about true. the death. And there's somebody in my book who even fixed that, but I'll get to that later. But I want to No, and I want to talk about of, that one. Of... of Having a boss, I, I'm not an entrepreneur. I've always worked for somebody else, and mm-hmm. I haven't particularly liked it. And when I when I get fired or laid off or demoted, I mope and I go out drinking. Um, the the entrepreneur, the true entrepreneur, has this overwhelming compulsion to be in charge, not of other people, but of his life, of their destiny, or her life, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know I. There's a guy named Tim Mahoney who started a company called V Finance. You know, I since have learned he's running for Congress in Florida. Mm-hmm. But he w- he worked at General Electric, and he told me, you know, suddenly I realized I I was I was up in the upper echelons, but I didn't have control. When Jack Welch came in, all of a sudden he was lopping off heads, and I didn't want to see mine lopped off. Right, right, right. Exactly. And he, well, after he started his company. Mm-hmm. He said, you just have no idea of the freedom I walk around with every day. I don't have to do anything I don't want to. And that is kind of a universal craving. But most of us make compromises, and we say, sounds good, but I'd rather have that regular paycheck. Well, people, well, you know what? It's at the end of the day, I think, I think our generation, and, and I'm giving like a broad spectrum here of our generation, but like the workforce generation of today, Right. I think it's the first workplace where there is no blueprint. And a lot of people had parents who, you know, like, were the last generation of the career at one company. And exactly. that's what they were brought up with is you stay with the one company. You stay where it's safe. Well, you know what? There is no more opening the corner hardware store 
and making enough money to have, you know, 2.5 children, a house, and your vacations. You know, You're making them absolutely, at the point I've made in the book several times, the, 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 the era of career security is over. Right. Which makes entrepreneurship all the more appealing and it broadens it out to a wider population because people are saying, hey, you know, it might be less risky to start my own business. Well, you know what? I think, I think maybe starting a business is almost like having a baby. In a weird way, there's never um, a good time to do it or a secure, safe time to do it, but you just have to go for it. You just, yeah, that's exactly it. You've got to go for it. Um, another, um, w- what I did in this book, by the way, uh, some statistics. Mm-hmm. There are 24 million entrepreneurs in the United States. That's one out of every 10 people. And that is far above any other country in the world. Mm -hmm. And as you implied, the numbers are growing. Mm -hmm. And every year, millions more join the ranks. So this book that I've written, you've read it, it's not a how-to book. There are no questionnaires or checklists Mm -hmm. or uh, personality tests. Gone. It, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, real. I mean, really. Let's all bond together over. Yes. No. It's excellent. It's stories, and it, it, my my hope is that people who are working nine to five hate their jobs, hate the cubicles they're working in, wonder if they have what it takes, can read this and just read the stories of people who have done it, and decide for themselves. Yeah, I think I can do that. Well, and you know what it's neat is you, you did a lovely array of various stories because there is no one right way to be an entrepreneur. There were stories about people who, you know, worked specifically knowing that they were an entrepreneur, but tried to get their education from working at a bit larger company so that they could exactly. right, gain, gain their, their wingspan. You have stories in there about people who got fired and had no other choice but to go out. And start or, or, or in their own mind had no other choice. So there's all different calibers. There's people who said, you know what, I know I want to be an entrepreneur, but I'm not ready for it at this time. And then actually one of the stories was the guy broke down right after some other guy came after him three and four times and said, okay, I'll do it. So the threshold keeps, keeps getting higher. Mm-hmm. You know, in the, in the old days, people felt job security was more important. Job security is gone. So that opens up a whole new Num- you know, population to the idea of entrepreneurship. And let's face it, 30, 40 years ago, white men were the people who started businesses. Right. In the last 10 years, the fastest growing population among entrepreneurs are women, mm-hmm. African Americans, Hispanics, disabled people it's open to everybody now and it's just it's it's exploding and it's it also um i'm sort of deviating from the main point of the book but it gives our country a huge edge over the rest of the world because we are we and israel those two countries are the most entrepreneurial countries in the world real i know i hadn't realized israel israel's a tiny country but the the number of successful business you know why uh, people have told me this, and I think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. When your physical survival is at right. stake almost right. every day, right. taking a risk doesn't seem like such a big deal after all. Well, and at the end of the day, everyone goes into the military over there. So talk about being disciplined and exactly. having laser-sharp focus. That really does help 
you know, polish people pretty quickly to go out there and start achieving their goals. And at the end of the day, you know what? Not everyone is set up to be an entrepreneur. It, there's true. a lot. I mean, because I, I mean, uh, you know, when I kid around, I say my boss is a bitch. And the only reason why I would <laughs> now, actually. How do you get away with saying that? <laughs> well, truth be known. I am. Oh, you're own, the boss? I am she, my own boss. She is the boss. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I can say. I, I can, <laughs> we're, we're partners. Well, you're partners, and I, I, I think you're on. Would you describe yourselves as entrepreneurs? You know, I think that we probably hadn't. What about that description? Categorized us, except when we read, we Hold read on, the yeah. description. An overpowering impulse to be in charge. Yes, we both like to be in yes. what what we believe it, it is it being control of our destiny. And, and, and folks, <laughs> this this is this is what uh, this is what Brent wrote as uh, key traits that successful entrepreneurs have in common. All right, yes. so Brandy's ripping these off, you know, last night, and I'm going, okay, yep, check one. Yeah, it was crazy. I'm like, oh my god, this is us. All right. Yeah. What's what's the, what's the next? High one? risk for tolerance. Yeah. I mean, a high tolerance. <laughs> high tolerance for risk. Let's <laughs> get that straight. <laughs> Let me not be just like you. you know, but the thing is about the risk thing, which is very interesting. <laughs> I, everybody says, oh, entrepreneurs have a tolerance. I mean, a high tolerance for risk. Sorry. <laughs> no, we're all doing it. It's so, you know what? <laughs> everybody <laughs> says that, but you know, this, one of the chapters <laughs> is devoted to pragmatism, and the truth is. Entrepreneurs are definitely willing to to bet the farm on an idea they believe in, but they don't make they are not they don't make stupid uh, they don't take stupid risks. They take very very calculated, very smart risks. Yes, that's that's very smart, very calculating. And yet that is <laughs> no, related to their willingness to fail. They bet the f- yeah bet I the d- farm. They bet the farm. They uh, they they believe. With passion that they're gonna that their product is gonna take the country by storm. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, they they don't fail. They learn from the from the. They don't even call it a mistake. I don't know what they. No, call they they they, they learn from what didn't work. They learn from what didn't work. Well, and you know what? At the end of the day, so many times I believe, you know, you may have a great product or service, but first of all, most people have a, a core competency in one area. You know, you you've got a, you have a competency in sales, technology, service, something. So you really need to surround yourself with killer people that allow you to be well-rounded. And sometimes entrepreneurs don't always surround themselves, let's say, with the right people, the right combination of people to properly launch something. And or you may just be ahead of your time. So it's not that you didn't have something that was noteworthy. It was just it wasn't meant to be at that moment in time. Learn from your mistakes. Learn from the fact that just sometimes, right, um, the world happens, as it were. Exactly. And, you know, um, there are two chapters. I, I, I think they're together because uh, one is a chapter about what I call delusions of grandeur. And that, by that I mean uh, it, it's not really delusions, it's passion. Mm-hmm. Somebody starts a little company, he's got seven employees and a product he believes in, and I cannot tell you how many of these people have told me this company is going to be a Fortune 500 company someday, and mm-hmm. here's why. So they they have that. It almost seems deluded to us, but they have to have it. There's a there's a um, uh, a venture capitalist named Guy Kawasaki. Oh, we we're very we're very familiar with Guy. And we've had and Guy on the air before. He's uh, he's brilliant, and and he, he told me that this sort of delusion of grandeur or this passion is the primary 
characteristic of, of business innovators. He said, you mm-hmm. know, so many pe- if you're an entrepreneur, so many people will tell you it can't be done. If everybody took to heart those dire warnings, mm-hmm. there would never have been a, a, an entrepreneur in the history of man. We'd still be walking around <laughs> pulling boulders and wielding clubs. Oh, please, Fred Astaire wouldn't exist. Exactly. I mean, really, what did they say about Fred Astaire? Yeah, he can act and dance a little. Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> right. So I, 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 I agree very strongly with, with Guy's, um, you know, opinion. And, and, and I, Randy, what you said, mm-hmm. too, about, I can't remember what your wording was, but hire smart people. That was, one time and again, I was told, the smartest move an entrepreneur can make is to hire somebody smarter than he is. Right. I, yeah, I always say, we, like, I, I, I'd like to have a, a boss for me. Right, right. Someone to manage me, but but it's true. You know, you talk about a talent for inspiring loyalty in others. You know, we are all about, um, and I think we're very blessed in this regard. Everybody that works with us is super super talented. We all play on a team to win. Everyone's got their specific roles within the company, but if you know, God forbid, labels need to be licked in order to get something fulfilled. Or, you know, everyone needs to band together. Everyone does that because it's an empowering, bring your talent to the table and have a great time. Not to say that everyone's job is exactly what they want it to be because we all have to do stuff we don't always want to do. But, you know, I think we've got a pretty loyal team. And we even have a, like when we're in studio, we even have a little ritual. And it's so, it's so nice that nobody leaves the office without each other. Like the entire company walks out together. Well, see, that, that's just, you guys are entrepreneurs. And, and entrepreneurs have fun. I mean, that's, I guess that's part of wanting to be in charge. They have fun. They have a sense of humor. You know, I, I, uh, I've given a couple of speeches lately, and I had a hell of a time trying to finding jokes about entrepreneurs. I came up with two. Okay, shoot. The first one was, um, uh, the that's not funny. The, okay. entrepreneur's <laughs> motto, the entrepreneur's motto is, I started out with nothing, and I still have most of it left. <laughs> That's very cute. That's and very the other cute. one is, um, a guy asks his friend, uh, so what made you decide to go into business for yourself? And the answer is, well, it was something my boss said. <laughs> but, you know, I... I People don't tell jokes about entrepreneurs. You know, have you ever heard heard, heard anybody nah, say, you hear, did you hear about the entrepreneur that walks into the bar? Yeah, now you hear lawyer jokes. No, and, I should have yeah. written a book about lawyers. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> no, but this is great because you know what? At the end of the day, whether someone's going to go out and be a true entrepreneur. Well, I, I, well let's I, keep going through the list. I mean, yeah. I identified with it because uh, here, just to finish the list, you know, high tolerance for risk, a talent for inspiring loyalty in others. You know, that's that's something that, uh, you know, I, I think, um, you know, Brandy and I, you know, we hope we, we inspire We loyalty. hope you like us. We hope you really like um, us. An indifference to wealth except as a measure of success. And I think that's true because one of the things that, that you know, I, oddly enough, like I, I have been through two really bad marriages. So, like, I, I know what it's like to have a rogue wife out there with a, you know, with a credit card. Uh, you know, Brand- Brandy is one where she's always said, like, I really don't care about money, like, just as long as I have it there when I need it. Right, which is like a sort of an oxymoronic, it's kind of oxymoronic thing, but it's true. 
but like but you know she's not a back. chopper and it's it is it's exactly what like what you say it's 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 like an indifference to it well hold on that's the only thing that i to be honest with you brent that's the, you know and everything's just sort of verbiage but that's the only thing i pseudo sort of disagree with is, is the um measure of success is in, in wealth because i don't but i do exactly what darren says like as long as we have money to do what we want to do i could care less how much money we make do, do you follow what I'm saying? Because I, I do, and you know, I have to. I have to confess. You know, nothing is neat. I, I asked everybody I talked to, "Is money really that important?" Yeah. And I, yeah. Asked, you know, the, the entrepreneurs and the experts, and two thirds said, "Not, not really." One third said, "Damn right it is," and some of them were pretty emphatic about the fact that they wanted to make a lot of money, and right. they wanted to live the good life, but. I don't think there was a single case where that was the most important. Primary. Right. right. Yeah, there was yeah. a passion there. There was a passion there. What, which leads us into? Uh, an almost religious belief in his or her company's product. Which well, that, yeah, that gets back to what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, um, <clears throat> there's a guy named um, Peter Amico who has a, uh, a company called AirTrax mm-hmm. uh, that makes forklifts with wheels that can turn on their own so you can go to left, right, diagonally without swinging around. Oh, yeah. And he says, I am going to be the Henry Ford of this industry. Oh, Somebody else has a company that has $3 million in sales, and he said, we're going to be a Fortune 500 company again and again. And not everybody claims that, but they all think that they're going to have a big impact in one way or the other um which now is i nice. suppose that that's not a universal trait some entrepreneurs have set their sights a little bit lower but there is that no no we're into world domination <laughs> <laughs> well that's we what it is i think that's i think that you know because i can only speak for us and for other people that you know obviously we've come in contact with but i think the, the major thing for us is um we love what we do and i love the fact that when we get up every day I know I'm creating something that benefits the community as a whole, which is nice because we've got, you know, a great lineup of shows all led by industry leaders, um, a phenomenal um, family of advertisers. And this, it just, what we do just benefits everybody. Like, and that's what I love. And it's not just us. It's just the people that we've really surrounded ourselves with. There is a, a very strong of that in just about everybody I talk to. They want to, to some extent, it's want, they want to do good. They want to, to some extent, it's Contribute. existential. Uh, they want to make their mark on the world. Yes, a create a legacy make a and make a difference. Make a difference. Yes. Um, I, I, I'm curious, you know, one of the chapters, which maybe was foolhardy for me to write about, was whether or not entrepreneurship is a genetic disposition. Oh, and interesting. Are, and, you know, of course, the scientists you talk to will poo-poo that and say, hmm. um, there's no such thing as an entrepreneurial gene. But an awful lot of entrepreneurs I talk to would tell me, you know, we were born this way. <laughs> we you, can't help ourselves. You know something? I, I, I tend to agree with that. I do tend to agree with that because, I mean, as a little child, I would go shopping with my mother, and I would g- I would go behind the sales counter, 
And I would start selling to people. Like I just like I fine. My mother wanted to try on clothes. This was how I was going to spend uh, my time. That uh-huh. is so typical. I wish I had interviewed you for my oh book. Oh my god. <laughs> Which is neat. Well, and my mom truly was an entrepreneur. My mother was a pioneer among women. I mean, she literally wrote the first book. Or I should well, I shouldn't say that. Did she wrote the first book. I think she wrote the first real book on diet and exercise. Her first book was entitled, um, she means it so very nicely. I'd like to see less <laughs> of you. Um, and, and you know what? Oh, we need, uh, At the mother-in-law, yeah. we're going to take a left turn. Oh God, that's right. Stay with us folks. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Sit tight and don't move. Rainmaker. We'll be back after this short break. Ideas. Ideas. Building brand value and increasing customer loyalty. But when it comes to measuring, testing, and optimizing every online interaction, you need help. In the fast-changing new world of marketing, the web is where it's happening. Where it's happening. That's why a powerful online marketing performance management solution is the next major evolution for web trends and for you. Web trends. Web trends marketing lab. You bring the art, we'll deliver the science. Learn more now at webtrends.com. It's no secret. Linking with relevant sites is a dynamic way to enhance site traffic. Avoid using unethical practices to promote your website. Obtain quality, relevant links with linksmanager.com. Since 1999, linksmanager.com has been the leading choice for managing link campaigns by thousands of websites. Editor-based link management software makes relevant link exchange ethical, fast, and easy. No software to install. Free unlimited support. Try linksmanager.com free for 30 days. Accept no limitations. You wouldn't just tell your web hosting company to just give you the next available random domain name, so don't do that with your phone number. A toll-free number that matches your company name or service can be invaluable and give you an instant nationwide brand name. Try the free vanity number search engine at tollfreenumbers.com. But don't wait, because 1-800-YOUR-NAME may never be available again. Tollfreenumbers.com. Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? Well, what kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. Now is the time. DoubleClick.com. Profiting in the digital advertising industry is just a click away with DoubleClick Digital Advertising Solutions. DoubleClick.com. Now, discover how top global agencies, brands, Fortune 500 companies, and U.S. and European sites collaborate seamlessly and successfully. DoubleClick.com. Now, you can profit from their digital marketing investments. With DoubleClick, empowering clients since 1996. 
head over to DoubleClick.com. DoubleClick.com. And experience the difference. DoubleClick.com. Need a change of pace? Well, you're at it. WebmasterRadio.fm. Your home for B2B. Back to Rainmaker, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, here's your host. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to this edition of Rainmaker. And uh, we are joined by the very Boston Brent Bowers, the author of At First You Don't Succeed, The Eight Patterns of Highly Effective Entrepreneurs. Welcome back, Brent. Well, thank you very much. How you doing, Boston? No, that's New York. Okay, sorry. You can't do Boston. <laughs> I can't do Boston. It's like, how you doing, Boston? So like, Boston. No, thanks. All right. I, get, I, would, I, I would like to interview you for just one minute. Um, hmm. You started, Brandy, you started talking about being an entrepreneur as a little girl. <laughs> Could you elaborate a little bit? Because I found, uh, and also uh, you, is it S E Guru? You just call him Darren. Yeah, just call me Darren. Just call him Darren. Right. We have to change the opener. It's yeah, we're going to change that. Were you? Uh, it wasn't universal, but eighty-five percent of the people I talked to showed the an amazing flair for entrepreneurial initiatives as kids, and I'm just wondering what you guys did. Well, I was yeah. a madam at age five. No, <laughs> you know, that's just wrong. No, that's horrible. I just uh, how did all right? You tell me about your entrepreneurship, darling. Oh, you know, I, I mean, it, it it probably came in many different forms. You know, like I. Oh, I know what you did. You sold those cinnamon toothpicks for kids to kids. Oh God, I did. Didn't when right. I was when I was in school, like I I I would uh, I would find things that kids kids wanted, and, and you know, and this was like in middle school. And I would buy them in, in quantity and take them to school and sell them. You know, that is not that common. That that marks you as an entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, that, people like me would mow lawns, right? You know, and 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 and, and lemonade lawns. stands. <laughs> but when you take that extra leap, right? That I think marks a future entrepreneur. Sure. I mean, I, I did stuff that was similar to that, you know, like like the the yard thing, but it was more along the lines of of like, uh, and this was in middle school as well, you know. I would go in and offer to repaint the numbers on someone's curb because their house numbers mm-hmm. are, were faded, right? Like like you know, it's not something that that you think about as a homeowner, right? Like you just kind of assume, you know, or whatever. And, and like I just I saw opportunity in that, you know, like I, I wanted to earn some some cash and. Uh, you know, can of spray paint and a you know, few stencils later, and I'm off and running. I'm making money. Well, that's just it. You, you, you know, I, I, num- chapter one of my book is all about spotting and seizing opportunities, and that's something that you were doing. Th- that is to say, an entrepreneur spots an opportunity that, in, in retrospect, may seem obvious, but Nobody else seemed to have noticed. 
It's something as simplistic as what J. Paul Getty said. Find a need and fill it. Mm-hmm. My favorite example, somebody, one of the experts I talked to gave this one to me, and I just can't get it out of my mind, it, the paint roller. I mean, that was invented sometime in the 1930s. Oh, right, right. But before the paint roller, there were just paintbrushes. Now, it seems pretty obvious. Right, but you'd want that something sort easier. of thing where, and it's like you're going along, who else would go along a street and say, you know, I could, this guy's number needs to be repainted. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what's interesting? And I, and I think but you're making an inter- two interesting points here, Brent. One is what Darren did, which was really look at something outside of the box right. and find a need and fill it and find a need that people didn't realize they had until the opportunity was put in front of them. Right. And then the other one was like your paint roller example. In my mind is, you know, um, necessity is the mother of invention. Right. Because you've Absolutely. got these poor guys using tiny little paintbrushes painting big, large <laughs> areas. <laughs> yeah. But so you know something when, when I in that chapter. Spotting and seizing, it's seizing that is the key. Seizing. A lot of kids exactly. may have walked along a street and said, you right. know, that guy ought to repaint yeah. his number. But it was, it was a kid that was smart enough to walk up and w- say, yeah. you know, why do you need to have your curb repainted? Well, because imagine, like, you know, I, I, I see your, 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 you know, your elderly mother in there. Were your mother to fall and break a hip or have an accident, you needed to call 911 and 911 can't, you know, I, I'd walk them out the street, take a look at this. Like, if 911 can't see this quickly and find you, right? Like, you're endangering God, your, you your mother's so life. Cute. Oh, I wish I had interviewed oh, him for great. my book. Oh, he's great. He's great. You know, and a lot of times it's not, it's not complicated. <laughs> it's, it's, um, no, it's just uh, leading a horse to water. Guy, uh, a guy named Paul Brown had this brilliant idea of building these beautiful birdhouses and selling them on the cheap to the neighbors. Mm-hmm. And then he went around and sold them bird seed on a regular basis. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then that goes that back to bee school. Yeah. Li- you're going a little bit beyond the usual, you know, drones like me would offer to. Would you stop that? <laughs> you know what, Brian? Self deprecating just does not look good on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did write a book, so that makes me an There you go. Yeah, hello. And, and the, you, you, come on. And, and you're, you, you, you wrote for many, many years at two of the most prestigious. Uh, newspapers in the world it's true indeed okay. indeed okay so i'm not going to pump you up anymore just don't just no self-deprecating <laughs> now brandy i think you said that your mom was really kind of an entrepreneur herself mm-hmm. yeah truly that's, that's something else i found that the the in most cases the parents and the rel- or uncles or environmental inculcated an entrepreneurial zeal they may yeah. have been entrepreneurs themselves or they may have just instilling the bug. Instilled the bug in yeah. one way or another. There was one woman who read the um, every week. She would read the patents column in the New York Times <laughs> and tell uh, tell her kids read the column to her kids and say, "You boys have got to get a patent someday." Good, but you a lot of a lot of people had lost opportunities instilling it in their children. Interesting. Which is, you know, and I want to get to one story that you have here because I actually didn't have the opportunity to read this one story, and it's actually something that's sort of macabrely close to my heart. Um, but I do agree. I, you know, like with what all the stories that you have, like it all, it all makes sense, and it's easy to listen to. You know, it's easy to look, read the various stories because you really have a story that applies to almost every kind of personality, 
So if you do have it in you and you want to be an entrepreneur, there's a story out there for you. And there's a lot of experts in there giving advice. And, you know, I mean, as far as I go, I think I'm very fortunate from a, from a perspective coming from a child. My parents, like I, I paid for pretty much everything myself as a kid, even my schooling. Um, but it was this feeling of don't bother looking over your shoulder. I'm right behind you. And I never had like my house was a weird house. Like we'd have literally like Sunday brunches. We'd have like, you know, the chairman of the board for data general, the guy that fixed the cars down the street, blah, blah, blah. So my orientation to people was not about what you did, but who you were. So I've just never been afraid around. You know what and I mean? It, like it, it, did you also feel that your parents, your mom and your dad were behind you, that they weren't being hypercritical, that they were? Oh, my mother was super hypercritical. Oh, she, aha. Uh, Oh, okay. no, 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 no. I mean, I really, like, do you really want to put that in your mouth, darling? I mean, my... <laughs> yeah, she's extremely See, that's, hypercritical. That's just it. I discovered that there are two categories. One, the parents were entrepreneurial and very supportive, or else they were so hypercritical, hypercritical. that they forced the child into... into autonomy. Yeah. Into becoming, mm -hmm. to creating an environment where he or she would be in control. You know what? Yes, yeah. yes. My dad was super supportive. My dad really like. I mean, I love my mom. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, she was sort of like the if your you know your limbs not falling off your body, you're going to school mentality. Right. And, and my dad was like, "Oh, good for you if you got a C plus. Did you enjoy getting that C plus? Good for <laughs> you, baby. It's an A in my mind. You know." So <laughs> they balanced each other out. So let me ask you a question though. I want to move on to something because I know we're running out of time. Um, can you tell us the story, because I, I find this personally interesting, about the guy that figured out how to take ashes and, and make them into diamonds? It was serendipitous. That he, uh, there were actually four partners, but the, 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 the moving force is a guy named Greg Harrow. And uh, <clears throat> one of his friends was watching a TV program and uh, learned that much of the human body is made of carbon, and in the same program he learned that diamonds are made of carbon. And he thought, well, you know, you could make a diamond out of human remains. And they started talking about this, and <clears throat> it seemed so odd and so weird, and almost, to some people, a little disgusting. But they did a bit of market research, and... They did a lot of uh, scientific research because nobody had ever done this before, right, and they right. literally had to smuggle diamonds or smuggle uh, high high grade carbon into the into <laughs> Russia, um, where the world's leading diamond experts are. <clears throat> they were able to create diamonds out of the cremated remains of the deceased, and there's a a really strong demand for their products. People, you know, they they claim, and here's where we get back to that uh, aspect I was talking about of, um, of 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 delusions of grandeur, of thinking they're making a big impact. They believe they have found a third way. Throughout the history of the human race, we've buried our right, dead. Right, right, right. We've cremated them. They are making diamonds out of those remains, diamonds that the parents, the brothers, the children can wear as a memorial. Yes, I'm and all they about are this. Getting, they are getting such a huge response from people who are their clients saying, this has 
given me so much um, relief from my grief. Uh, I, I just putting think grandpa on story. the fiance's finger. I'm sorry. I'm putting grandpa on, on the fiance's finger. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I, something about that. No, I don't see, know. I disagree because this is actually this is something to be. I mean, I'll, I'll hear Brandy will be open for a moment. But when my dad passed away, this wasn't available. I think they when did this launch? Like this seven company is years pretty ago. new. I mean, it's it's really only been. It's like a year old. Isn't no, it? it's not. No, it's not. It's like it's like five or seven years old. It may be oh, that really? old, but mm-hmm. they haven't really been. Really, you know, they've been. I don't think they've really been marketing their products in a serious way uh, I, for more than a year or two. Because I heard about this, and I, all I could think of was, you know, my dad passed away, and my dad was my absolute hero. Um, not that he didn't have his issues like we all do, but that made him like the perfect package for me. And had I had the opportunity at the time, right. I absolutely would have. Um, created because my dad designed not not as a is a as a hobby he designed jewelry so a it was in keeping with him and b yes I, I don't like going to cemeteries and what do people do they they give to their like you know darren you started to say you know instead of giving them your grandmother's diamond well why don't you give them a part of your grandmother like what a beautiful exactly. testimony to love i just think that's killer i think that is such a cool he, concept he tells, he tells such moving stories the first client the, uh, w- was a man whose daughter was dying. She was in her 20s, I believe, late 20s. And she told her parents and her, lo- and her family that she wanted to be cremated, but she said, don't you dare put the cremated remains in, in the ground somewhere. Yeah. I want no. you to travel the world and scatter my ashes in France Mm-hmm. And, and 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 in in China right. and in Cape Cod right. and and it was that sort of connection and when the father found out that they could actually make diamonds out of her cremated remains, it was like a godsend. Oh wow! Well, it is, I mean, it, it it is very macabre, but I mean, talk about something that's out of the box, but for a very specific group of people. You could give no better gift. You could literally give no better gift. Like, I mean, I like the idea. And, I mean, I'm I'm in a position right now where, you know, I I have a sailing trip plan to go and scatter my mom's ashes. Wow. And, yeah, yeah, you know, so so this is something that we've actually talked about. Yeah, because I'm making him keep. This this, this whole interview has taken such a left-hand turn. But I'm actually making him keep some of those ashes. Wow. And I would love, which I just think that, you know what, like... It's it's nice to keep, even though the person's in your heart. There's something about something tangible to hold on to. And if it's a diamond, it it it, it if it's a diamond that mm-hmm. you wear on your finger or around your sure. neck, it's yes. really. And I I like you. I, I I had a hard time dealing with this concept at the beginning, but that gets back to the the notion, um, spotting an opportunity that nobody else has noticed. I mean, I right. don't think if these guys hadn't figured this out, I don't think anybody ever would have. Yeah. Well, and that's the whole thing is not not every product is universal across the board, but if you have passion for it and you have the ability to be able to say, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, if if their marketing's done properly, like the unfortunate thing in life is the one thing we, wait wait, you know, you can count on um, taxes and death. That's exactly it. And if you give people another alternative, when someone that they love dies and creating a beautiful piece of jewelry with them, once they wrap their mind around it, yep. you know, because they have to obviously do a bit of trailblazing, so to speak. Um, yeah, that's another beautiful alternative. And, and one that like I automatically just hooked into, because if I had the opportunity with my dad and this existed when my dad passed away, I, I'd be wearing, I mean, I'd, have, I'd be covered in diamonds right now. 
That's, I mean, not that I'm... <laughs> I'm sure Greg Harrow would love to hear you say yeah, that. No, totally. You it's can call, tell Greg Harrow to call me. We'll get him on the air. I really... Okay. I do. I think, his, I, I think his concept is really awesome. I really do. But anyway, but let's go back to you. Um, so plans for next book. What are you planning on doing now? I don't have plans right now. I, um, I'm, mark, I'm promoting this book. Mm-hmm which is entitled, If at First You Don't Succeed, Fabulous. just in case your readers didn't catch that. And it's a book that, I, as I told you, it's not a how-to book. I think it's a book that would-be entrepreneurs can read and help them decide whether they should chuck what they don't particularly like doing now and embark on an entrepreneurial career. And then it, then it would be time to go out and buy the how-to books, which are very useful. Um, I'd like to write another book, um, but I'm not an entrepreneur, and I'm not going to start a publishing company. Okay, okay. So how <laughs> do you? So in between writing books, how do you spend your days? What is your day job? I took early retirement about a month ago. Congratulations! And I live on Cape. I moved to Cape Cod a few months ago. That's awesome. So you're chilling. And I read a lot. I bike a lot. I walk a lot. Oh, you're entirely I too just healthy. Got, just before you called me. I had just gotten back from one of the most beautiful beaches in the world in Brewster. So Ah. But then there's always Cahoon Hollow, which is a little freaky. Have you been down there yet? I have, yeah. It's a little bizarre. <laughs> it is a bit bizarre. But if you go to the Brewster Flats, they call them the Brewster Flats, they're when the tide goes out the the, the sandbars just seem to, to to go out into infinity and uh if you, if you want to walk out about two miles, you can do it in the bay. It's awesome. It really is awesome. So it t- now's the season, folks. Go book your tickets to uh, Brewster <laughs> and uh, go hang out with Brent Bowers. What I may start a bed and breakfast. Nice. Hey, there you go. Nice. So, you know what? Then that would make you an entrepreneur. Yeah. It would. It that would. So, f- uh, you know, what I got from your book, to be honest with you, and I think for our, for our listeners, if you want to, you know, I think it's a cool thing for you to do go out and purchase the book is there's a lot of different ways to become an entrepreneur and you really do a wonderful job of highlighting a lot of different people's approaches because obviously there's not one right way but you do it across the board with a myriad of market segments or business industries and then the type of tolerance people have for risk and the well, path that they took. Kind words. So uh, yeah. it was neat. Well let, let me ask you Brent can, can they find this at uh, at Amazon? They can find it at Amazon, Barnes and Noble. It should be in the bookstores about now. Um, but yeah, Amazon and, and, and all the and, and Barnes and Noble will have it for sure. There you have it, folks. Cool. Brent Bowers. If at first you don't succeed, the eight patterns of highly effective entrepreneurs. And can I tell you, like Brandy and I identified with this just just like right off the back cover, and you know, she started digging into it and. Like she would, she would relate. She like scream something out at me. Can I tell you? Like we we identify with this. So mm-hmm, definitely, truly. if if you're an entrepreneur, you should definitely just okay. go and and uh, you know it's kind of kind of a little little uh, piece of fellowship. Litmus test. Well, yeah, yeah and, 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 and right, and you do, and you feel like you're you know in the club, and other people are feeling and, yeah, and, exactly. and reacting the same way you are. So Brent, thank you so much for coming on this edition of Rainmaker. We truly it was my appreciate. Pleasure. Call me anytime. We'll do it. We'll do it again. That you would be g- fabulous. You got it. Ask and you shall receive. Watch what you ask for. Brent, okay. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for thanks for the time and coming on tonight. It was my pleasure. All righty. Bye bye. There you have it, folks. Brent Bowers. 
if mm. at first you don't succeed, the eight patterns of highly effective entrepreneurs. It was very cool. Like there's just a lot of really neat stories in there. Like stuff, like if it, a lot of different stories that you can identify with from different approaches, which I thought was neat. Yes, yes. And, and you know what? Like the, the irony of it is he said several times, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not an entrepreneur, right? Well, he did a ton of Yeah, right, right, right at the tail I'm end. I'm going to get a bit in breakfast. I'm get a bit breakfast. Right, <laughs> hello, you're on your guess what, sucker? You yeah, just got sucked like, into you know, it yourself. Like, right. like you got you to think about it. Like you can't, you can't go and talk to all these people who have the bug. Without getting and it yourself. And get the bug. Yeah, I think no, Brent's got funny. the bug and Brewster. Hey, well, good. That's a good place to get the bug. Yeah, South of Boston. I'm go. all about the alliteration. Brewster bug, Brent, Brent Boston. if you put up one of those B&Bs up there, you got to send us an email. We'll, we'll, come, we'll, we'll be one of your first uh, first customers. Yeah, do it do it Look for it July because I think that's when we'll be up yeah, in Boston. Yeah, there you <laughs> have it. Folks, that does it. That brings us to another end of Rainmaker. Oh, my God. We're right on time, too. We're right on time. How utterly impressive look at that? are Isn't we? that amazing? We're like, it, you know what? He always says I'm disrespectful of the clock. Wheel. She's disrespectful of the clock. So wheel. I have to be disrespectful and talk for another two minutes. And she's going to do it anyway. <laughs> uh, folks, I will think about you while I'm standing at the helm looking at beautiful blue Bahamian water. And I will think about you as I'm swimming. In beautiful blue. As she's water. swimming ashore, going to buy her ticket on Chalks Airline no, to, totally to, <laughs> to get back to Fort Lauderdale so she doesn't have to cross the Gulf Stream going home. That, that, that's that hopefully so, yeah, will that's, not that's be. That soul has crossed her mind and she, she's bringing enough. She's bringing a credit card and, and some There's cash There's only two just seats left sure. on that flight that day. That's the oh, only is there really? There's really only two seats only left? Two, no, I'm kidding. I didn't do the research. Oh, I'm just okay. kidding. Now I'm going with the whole, it's going to be Lake Placid. And it'll be heart soaring and magical like it normally is in the summer months. Just r- like <laughs> wide open rolling ocean. I am just, you know what we should do? We should just buy me a couple of plastic extra plates in case I feel the need to vent extra, you know, yeah. energy. Break, break some more stuff. Maybe break some more plates. <laughs> break, bring, I want I a know. helicopter. I'll bring you some more Valium or something. Yeah, just I'll, I'll just throw pills at her. Oh, Here, cool. chill out, woman. Get down below. Go to sleep. Take a nap. <laughs> Take a nap. Find a doctor <laughs> that'll write that script. Yeah, we're only 35 miles offshore. We'll see about getting you that helicopter in a couple hours. Why, thanks, dear. Yeah. I'll be waiting by. I'll be standing by. All right. That does it. We're going to get out of here. It uh, was another fantastic show, of course. Yeah. Um, great guests, always. Great guests. Great guests. Great, co- great co-host. Handsome co-host. Yeah, now now you're just you're just you know Fabulous. buttering me up. I yeah. am. There's buttering nothing. You, up. you don't have to butter me up. The like furniture's already up. at the house. No, only half the furniture's at the house. All right, but well, I'm still very you know, excited. Very uh, very excited. They're delivering. Casey Henry Don. Ooh, I said it on the air. Not gonna uh. say that again. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you guys, everyone have a fabulous evening. Stay tuned because we've got a killer lineup for you. All of our show hosts really show up to bring you information that's going to help you meet and exceed your goals with your business. So tune in. You got it. We'll see you here next week, folks. Have a great weekend. <laughs>